I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Now, as I mentioned last week, I am no longer home. I'm actually doing my last trip of 2019. So I'm kind of sad, but soaking it all up. I taught a essential oils class last night in Sudbury, Ontario, and have classes lined up for the next week and a half, right up until the end of the month when I will go home and be home all of December. And then it's so crazy. It will be 2020. One more month, basically. I mean, a month and a half. But I will be busy for these next couple weeks of November, and then I'll be home. So I just want to give you a few more updates before we get into today's awesome interview with Susie Garden. Now, if you have been interested in essential oils working with me, getting your hands on some natural solutions for your healthcare. This week might just be the week you want to get started working with me and become a member of the Nourished and Free Collective. Now, anyone who starts their essential oil journey with me will become a member of the Nourished and Free Collective. Now, This week is special because it is a buy one, get one week, all week long, right up until Friday. So we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday left of these buy one, get one deals, and I am sharing all about them in my Instagram stories. So if you follow me over on Instagram at I am Meg Dahl, you'll find out so much more You can reach out to me in direct message or even shoot me an email. I will be checking my DMs, responding to emails, and helping you all get started on your natural healthcare journey this week. And I'm just really grateful that I've been connected with so many women this week ready to begin their natural living journey and start using these natural solutions. And that's something that I'm so passionate about. And Susie Garden and I actually talk a little bit about essential oils throughout today's episode. So let me introduce you briefly to Susie. Susie is a nutritionist, yoga teacher, and also a meditation teacher, but she's also a naturopathic doctor, and she really focuses on gut health and relates gut health to mood health as well, specifically anxiety and depression. So since I know that anxiety, depression, and just supporting our mental and emotional health is a huge topic of what we talk about on this podcast, I had Susie come on so we can discuss holistic approaches 
for anxiety and depression. So we go through a ton of different practices that you can easily implement into your day right now. And what I would encourage you to do is literally just listen to the episode and choose one or two practices. Choose what resonates or feels most manageable for you right now. Add them into your day. See how things shift for you. And then you can move from there. It's all about simple starts, right? So choose one or two practices and go from there, ladies. I'm here to support you. And you will love today's episode because we are really tuning into our bodies, but also using the brilliant wisdom nature has to offer us through all of these holistic practices that you will be learning about from Susie Garden. So... Welcome, Susie, to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me today. Thank you so much, Meg. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy you and I connected. But for the listeners that may not be familiar with you and your work, can you introduce yourself to us today? Sure. So I am a naturopath, nutritionist and yoga and meditation instructor from Brisbane in Australia. And I've actually had quite a varied career. I started off as a registered nurse. And after quite a few years doing that, I moved into the pharmaceutical industry and I was in quite a senior role there and I was traveling a lot. I was existing on airplane food and hotel food and not a lot of sleep. And I got myself really burnt out. And how that manifested for me was as anxiety. And um, I ended up deciding I got a really bad flu and it actually just put me in bed for two weeks. I'd never experienced anything like it. And I think my immune system was just so run down from all of the work that I was doing and the lack of self-care. And I, during that time, it was probably the first time in years I'd actually had some space to think because I actually couldn't get out of bed and I was just lying there. And so during that time, I just really reviewed what I was doing and where I was at. And I thought, I can't continue. This is crazy living this life. I wasn't enjoying myself. I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't really enjoying my life. So I decided then to change careers. Wasn't quite sure how that was going to work, um, but I started studying nutrition and I decided to become a yoga teacher more for me. I never, ever imagined I would teach. I just wanted to know more about yoga. And I went over to Bali to do my yoga teacher training. I just kind of took some annual leave and did that. And I came back and I got laid off from my job, which was such a blessing. Uh, it meant that I could study full time. It meant I, I got a payout. So I got, I had the financial ability to study full time and I started teaching yoga as well to support myself. And that's kind of led me now to uh, becoming a naturopath. So I studied that as well. And I opened my wellness clinic about um, a year ago here in Brisbane. And I uh, also teach meditation to injured soldiers at the local army base, which is one of the highlights of my week. 
um, helping them to manage their industry, their injuries, to manage their um, stress, their um, readjustment disorder, PTSD. It's really very rewarding work, but it's really made me realize, and also working in my clinic, that anxiety and stress are huge problems, having experienced it myself, but also just seeing how many people are living with a level of stress and anxiety that's just eating away at them, and they don't even realize that they've even got it most of the time, which is really amazing. So, yeah, that's kind of my mission right now is to help um, support and educate people around those topics. You are doing absolutely incredible work. And as I mentioned to you before we even hit record, I know you specialize in stress and anxiety. And that is definitely something that a lot of the women that I work with deal with and struggle with. And I help them also navigate through that as well. Um, A lot of the women who become members of my Nourished and Free collective, that is like their main focus is working on their mental and emotional health. And I feel like the most common feeling or symptom is anxiety that comes up for so many women. And you said you have personal experience with that. So when you were very stressed and just burnt out, it manifested as anxiety. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. And it's interesting because the more I learn about anxiety, the more I realize how insidious it is. And it probably took me quite a while to realize I was actually experiencing that. Um, I used to just worry a lot. I used to be worried about really things that just might never even happen. You know, I used to worry all the time that something was going to happen to my husband or something was going to happen to a family member or a friend for no real reason. But I just thought that was me being a worrier. But now I know that that's actually anxiety. But what what really, I guess, got me and, and drew my attention is that I um, I was, I mean, I'd been having sleep issues for a really long time. But again, that becomes normal. And this is what I mean by people, it, it kind of, it's so insidious. You just, you wake up every morning. Well, I was waking up every morning, kind of 3 a.m. and just lying there for a couple of hours. Um, and to me, that just became a normal. And, uh, but the big thing that really drew my attention was I was actually out at a, at a shopping mall one day and I just started feeling really, really nervous and really just feeling guilty and feeling like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I should be at home working. I mean, this was a Saturday afternoon. I had no reason to be feeling like that. But just this strong, this sensation in my chest that I, and my whole mind was just like, I I know this is wrong. I shouldn't be here. I need to be at home working. And then I, I kind of stood back from that and went, this is crazy. Like, why am I feeling like this? This, there's actually something wrong here not something wrong with me and I think that's really important there's nothing wrong with you when this is happening it's it's just something wrong and uh through then speaking to some very uh well-informed friends and also through um studying my yoga in particular interestingly enough I learned how to manage that and I learned what it was I learned that in fact that was anxiety Um, I didn't have any um, formal therapy for that. It was actually very shortly after that that I got my flu. And then that's when everything changed. 
anyway for me. But yeah, I feel for a lot of people um, with anxiety, what happens is they get all up in their head. And one of the really uh, important things with anxiety is grounding, is actually getting back down into your body. And there are a multitude of ways to do this, but I really think this is what happens. And particularly with our Western lifestyle, we are up here all of the time in our heads and we are distracted a lot of the time as well. We're using our screens and we're doing, we're multitasking. So, you know, we might be sitting watching TV with our iPad or our phone and on the, on social media at the same time, we've got a TV program on or something like that, or eating and reading or on socials at the same time. And that kind of distraction for the brain is really not healthy at all. And it keeps us all up in our head and not grounded in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I could not agree more. Yeah. Anxiety. So there's kind of like anxiety and depression, right? Because they're usually like grouped together, but really depression is when we're vibrating at a lower state and we don't necessarily need grounding with that. And then anxiety is we're really vibrating quite high. And that's really when we need to harness in and bring in those grounding practices within our lives. So you talked about yoga. That's definitely a grounding practice. And I assume it it helped you a lot within your life when you were going through that tough time. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's probably what drew me to become a yoga teacher because I just wanted to know more. I knew it was working, but I didn't know why it was working. And I, that's my scientific mind. I just wanted to know why, why does this work so well? Why is going to a yoga class making me feel so good? There has to be a reason. And it is very much, I believe, about that mindfulness, about actually when you're in a yoga class, you're not doing anything else except for your yoga. And if you're working with a good yoga teacher, they will keep drawing you back into the room. So if your mind is wandering out and thinking about all these other things you need to do, a good yoga teacher will keep bringing you back in. And that's why there is a big focus. So, for example, if you're in a, a more a hatha or a vinyasa alignment kind of class, where the position of your hand and your, your foot and your gaze, that's all about bringing mindfulness into your pose. So that is, yeah, that is how that works. It's just creating what we call neural pathways, so new neural pathways, new ways of doing things. Um, and just, I don't like to use the word forcing you, but in a way it is because you, because you don't have anything else to do when you're in a class except what you're doing with your body and that, that whole connection with your body and your breath and your mind is, I think, key to why yoga works in that realm. You do work a lot with women who deal with anxiety and you mentioned there are so many yes. different grounding practices. So why don't we get into some of those grounding practices that maybe you use within your own life and some that you find that your clients really are drawn to and stick with? Yeah, I think one of the first things I my go-to is belly breathing. So belly breathing, yeah, um, and anyone that's in a yoga 
should have learned belly breathing. It's one of the first things they usually teach you. In Again, in the West, we tend to breathe very shallow. We, we breathe into the upper chest, maybe the mid chest, but we don't often get into the belly. And if you have a, a dog or a baby, you need watch them breathing, they will always be breathing into their belly because that's our, our natural way of being. But we, we lose that along the way. So teaching people to breathe into the belly, and it's very, very simple. It's very easy to learn. And once you learn it, you can do it all the time. No one will know you're doing it. And what it actually does is it works on a little part of the brain called the hypothalamus. It's right in the center of your brain. And that is what um, controls our stress response and our relaxation response. And by controlling the breath, doing belly breathing, it sends a message up to our hypothalamus that says stress is gone, threat is gone, you can calm down now. So all of those stress um, response elements, such as your blood pressure going up, your pulse rate going up, your cortisol increasing, your adrenaline increasing, et cetera, et cetera, that all gets the message, okay, we don't need that anymore. So that just all slows right down and you start to bring down that stress response and you increase your relaxation response. So that's why it works so beautifully. And I mean, obviously, stressful things will happen and you can get a little spike, but if you're already sitting at that lower level of your um, that balance between your stress response and your relaxation response, you'll be able to manage that little spike much more effectively and easily than if you're sitting right up in, in that stress response. Yeah, I'm actually just watching my sweet little pup right beside me and she's sleeping away, but she's definitely belly breathing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? When you actually observe it, you go, ah, yeah, yeah. It really is a training thing. Once you train yourself to do it, you just your body just knows. Your body will do it. So is that something someone should be consciously aware of, belly breathing, or should they set time aside every day to kind of lie there and have like a belly breathing practice? Initially, when you're learning it, I would say absolutely set some time aside. This, this is a really well-researched method and it can take up to 10 minutes for this practice to work, which is, some might say it's a long time, some might say, oh gosh, that's nothing. Um, so it depends where you are on the spectrum when you start doing that breathing practice as to how long it will take. So if you start with maybe two or three minutes a day where you just actually do sit and have a practice and, you know, put one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly and breathe into the belly and you can feel the hands moving, uh, then you can just slowly increase that, but then just do it all the time. And then you don't need to actually have that separate practice. That is something that I've, I've had clients say to me, oh gosh, that's just another thing then on my list of things to do. And I'm already so busy. And so it's like, no, you really you probably only need to do it maybe three or four times to teach yourself. And then you just do it all the time. Do it when you're driving, do it when you're shopping, do it when you're sitting at your computer all the time. And your body just knows how to do. You don't, after a while, you don't even have to think about it. You'll just be doing it. Right. It's very much bringing in that mindfulness, which yes. is another grounding practice for sure. But let's keep moving. So there's the yoga, there's the belly breathing, which absolutely I think is so important. And even now my mind is like, 
dang, I could spend like an extra (laughs) 10 minutes in bed every morning and just put my hand on my stomach and do some belly breathing. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is with mindfulness and even, I mean, obviously meditation is, is an incredibly good practice as well, but particularly when you're anxious or if you're depressed, sometimes that's not going to be a very easy thing to do because the mind is just way too busy. So sometimes just as a mindfulness practice in itself can be more effective if you're not really in that place to do meditation. And if you're not already a regular meditator, it can be quite challenging to get into meditation if you're quite anxious. So what I recommend is mindfulness. Something that I do myself every morning when I first wake up is I do a body scan and I just feel, I start at my feet and I just start feeling my toes. I feel my toes if they're touching each other. I notice the position of my feet, the covers on my feet, the pressure, like if I'm on my back, my heels into the mattress. And I just work my way up my body, feeling the skin, feeling any sensations in the body. And that is a very powerful practice in itself. And that could just take maybe a few minutes. It's very calming to the nervous system to become aware of every aspect of your body. I mean, even now, if you just start feeling the clothing, the sense of the clothing on your skin, suddenly that comes fully into your awareness, right? Because the way the brain works is that, as you can imagine, we're getting a lot of stimulation all of the time. Like we're getting sounds, we're getting sights, we're getting feelings, we're, you know, sitting on the chair. So the brain decides this is important, this is not important. So when you first put your clothing on, you'll feel it on your body and then your brain goes, okay, you don't need to feel that anymore and it'll cut that awareness, right? Same as when you sit on a chair. You might sit on a chair and go, oh, that's comfortable or uncomfortable and then if you don't, if nothing's hurting you, the brain will go, okay, you don't need to know that anymore. And it'll shut it down. And it's just to kind of protect you. And and so you don't get overstimulated, but um, to then bring that awareness back in is actually very calming to the nervous system. Cause again, it brings you into your body. Yeah. I actually love doing that when I'm lying in bed and I know I work with a lot of women who have difficulty falling asleep or really relaxing before bed. And one of my favorite practices is lying in bed and really getting into a comfortable position, but then just like noticing and bringing a lot of mindfulness into how comfortable I am. Yeah, exactly. And particularly for sleep, what I find really powerful is to take a deep breath and relax and then just totally feel the muscle tension melting away. And it always is amazing to me how much I'm still holding in my body. If I didn't just go, okay, just relax the shoulders. And I actually really relax them. I go, wow, I was really holding myself. And I I didn't have that awareness. And that happens a lot with anxiety is we're tense. The holding and we're not necessarily aware that we're holding like that. And it's just that conscious relaxation, particularly when we're trying to sleep, that can be really, really effective. And also just brings that awareness of, wow, I'm really a lot more tense than I thought I was. Yeah. Yeah. And this is just kind of like a stepping stone for people who are maybe intimidated by meditation, I feel like the mm. belly breathing in and of itself is kind of like the beginnings of meditating, right? You get into yeah. just kind of that zoned out state and you're just focusing on your breath. 
And that's what meditation is, is just clearing the mind, being that observer. And then like you brought up the um, body scanning. That's another amazing practice too, for sure. So when it comes to grounding and helping your clients who are dealing with or experiencing anxiety, do you use essential oils? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it just, it depends on the person, but definitely essential oils can be extremely powerful for this. Um, Our olfactory sense is so uh, primitive and it's, you know, it's directly into the brain. So we can use particular uh, essential oils to really effectively calm ourselves and ground ourselves. I mean, my personal, I mean, I love sandalwood. I find sandalwood for me just, oh, so grounding, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There is certainly a lot of research and very recent research as well in lavender and anxiety, really, really powerful and strong research coming out right now about it, which I think is amazing. There's also an oil called Melissa, or yeah, lemon balm might be the um, I think common name, which is also very, very good for just calming the mind. That would probably my three go-tos. Yeah, yeah. I, have yeah a, I know you know a lot about oils. So yeah, yeah, I have a lot of success with my clients and lavender for sure. But my personal favorite, and this is one I like talk about all the time is frankincense. I honestly, (laughs) I can't go a day without frankincense. And it's similar to sandalwood in the sense that it's like a wood oil. It's just, I think everyone finds sandalwood grounding and I'm pretty sure everyone would find frankincense very grounding. It's just from a very strong tree, very grounding. So um, just because I talk about it all the time, my clients (laughs) all want to try frankincense. And yeah, we have tons of success with that. But like you said, they impact our brain like within seconds, which is, you know, if you're having a hard time getting your breath to slow down and your heart rate to slow down. It's just a very effective way to connect with your cells instantly and have that shift in your energy. Yeah, absolutely. It's and and the great thing is the oils are so accessible and they're so easy to use. Um I just find them yeah really, really beneficial for many, many people. Mm-hmm. So what are mm. some of your other practices, Susie? Yeah, well, these these things that I'm doing are, um, yeah, I guess probably one of the other main things is looking after gut health. Because, okay, with anxiety and depression, there, um, serotonin is a brain chemical. We call it a neurotransmitter. And generally with people with anxiety and depression, they have low serotonin, right? So about 95% of your serotonin is actually made in the gut. So if your gut is not functioning effectively, you're not making your serotonin. And let's face it, when we're in an anxious state, often our diet is not fantastic. You get attracted to sugary foods or salty foods, and we're not eating those beautiful whole foods all the time and beautiful whole proteins that is what we need 
to build our serotonin. So we have kind of this double whammy where we're not attracted to those foods. And also the stress itself also impacts on our gut bacteria, which will impact our ability to make good serotonin, which will make us more anxious. And then we're going to go for that food again. And it's just goes round and round. So from in my work as a nutritionist and naturopath, it's getting good whole foods into the body and eliminating processed foods. So processed food is any of your packaged food. Um, you're eliminating sugar, uh, eliminating soft drinks and, and stuff that is just not good for us. We all know those foods. And we all know for many of us, we get really attracted to those foods when we're feeling anxious or stressed. But also often when we're anxious and stressed, it's because we're busy. And when we're busy, we don't think we have time to cook. We don't think we have time to plan. And it's actually when you actually sit down and look at your day there, even the busiest person, I work with some pretty busy people, it's about putting that thought process into, okay, if I spend, sometimes it can be 15 or 20 minutes just planning out what I want to eat this week, what do I need to buy? Uh, you know, online grocery shopping is amazing. So you can just sit there. It takes like 10 minutes. I can do a whole grocery order for myself in 10 minutes. I can either choose to get it delivered or I can just go and pick it up. It's so... There's so many systems these days to save us that time and it will allow us then to make better choices. If you have that food in the house, you will eat that food rather than if you have chips and chocolate and soft drink in the house, then that's what you're going to grab. So a bit of planning, a bit of prep uh, can really set yourself up for having a better diet and therefore making better brain chemicals and having a better mental uh, health. Mm -hmm. I love this focus on gut health for mental health. That's huge for me. I know for me personally, um, I dealt with eating disorders in the past. And for me, it was very much, I mean, I, you know, when you are overcoming an eating disorder, you have to develop a healthy relationship with food, right? So that's going to look different yeah. for so many people. But for me personally, yeah. I've made the connection that I have a very um, high intolerance to gluten. Um, oh, yeah. And that was very much like ma manifesting in mental health issues for me when I was consuming it. Um, yeah. A lot of anxiety there too. So just you bringing up some of the physical health that can manifest in anxiety, like you said, if our gut isn't functioning properly, absolutely we can have like mental health issues, including anxiety. But let's talk about blood sugar for a second, because yeah. since you're a naturopath and a nutritionist, you definitely know that blood sugar, having imbalanced blood sugar throughout the day, we can also feel anxious because of that. Yeah. And I know for me, that was huge in the past as well. And figuring out kind of like a diet lifestyle that works for me and allows me to have like 
solid energy throughout the day and eating really good food that supports that, that's also helped my anxiety as well. But if I go too long without eating and my blood sugar drops, there's that anxiety again, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is the thing, you, you have a choice. Every time you go to put something in your mouth, you have a choice. Do I choose to have something that's going to make me feel good and it's going to give me that long lasting energy? Or am I going to choose to have a treat? And it's okay to have a treat, um, but it's a treat is a treat. It's not an everyday kind of thing. And this is, yeah, where people do fall over with that lack of planning is that, yeah, they, they're not eating food that's going to keep their blood glucose stable over the day. And so that the high sugar food, the processed food are the ones that are going to give you that, what we call a labile um, or unstable blood sugar. So it's going to go up and down. And that does make people, even people without anxiety, it'll make you feel rubbish. It'll make you feel a bit sick. Um, And then it'll just keep you looking for that sugar because your body's saying, oh, my blood sugar's low. I need sugar. So it just keeps you in that that mode, again, that cycle. Whereas if you can have a really good breakfast that's got a good balance of proteins and complex carbohydrates and fats, and my go-to for this is actually oats. And you can either use gluten-free oats or you can use standard oats and actually soak them overnight. So you, you, I actually use oats and chia seeds with uh, a milk. It can be a nut milk. It can be a whatever kind of milk you like, you can even use water if you want to. And you just soak, and maybe sometimes I put some peanut butter in there as well um, for the fat and uh, just soak that overnight. And then in the morning, maybe put some fresh fruit on it or some nuts and seeds and it's ready to go. And that's, again, for people say, oh, I don't have time for breakfast. Well, you make it the night before, you literally can pull it out of the fridge and eat it, or you can heat it up if it's winter like it is here at the moment. And it will keep you going for hours and hours. And that just keeps your blood sugar beautifully um, balanced. It also gives you those omega-3 fatty acids. So it lowers inflammation. You've got good protein, good fats. Amazing. And I I really feel like if people can get that first meal of the day sorted, it just sets you up for success for the rest of the day because you feel motivated then to keep eating well. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that you shared one of your favorites. I too (laughs) love big bowls of oatmeal. They're so yummy and comforting. One of my favorites is I also just for our listeners. So everyone knows I do have a recipe on my website for soaked oats. Fantastic. Um, It just like helps with digestion. So something else you and I have been talking about is just the importance of digestion for our mental health and anxiety. So um, one of my favorites, I love savory oats. So I would always put a big lump of ghee on my oats. Ah, If you have not tried that yet, you definitely need to. I'm definitely going to try that. Try it and (laughs) let me know what you think. Yeah, I will. (laughs) It's super yummy. Yeah. So these have been some great practices for sure. And I know a lot of the women listening to this episode are going to be so thankful that you came on and shared your knowledge with us. Are there any key nutrients that you see very helpful for anxiety and mental health? 
Yeah, magnesium is really, really important. And interestingly, about a third to a half of the population is actually magnesium deficient. And it's because our soils are quite depleted in magnesium. And so the food that we're eating from that soil is also depleted. So for most people, in fact, all people I see with anxiety or stress, I get them to take a magnesium supplement because it is going to make them feel better. And it always does. It's, it helps to calm on a physical level. It, can't, it um, reduces that muscle tension, like in the shoulders and the neck and the jaw. Um, and it, but it's also an important what we call cofactor to build neurotransmitters, so our healthy brain chemicals. So as well as, say, for example, to make um, serotonin, we need good protein. We actually need a particular protein called tryptophan, um, which we can find in pumpkin seeds and um, in, uh, let's say, our turkey. That was what I'm trying to think of. Um, and uh, but we also need some what we call cofactors. And magnesium is a really important cofactor used in a lot of chemical reactions in the body. Um, there's also certain B vitamins, like vitamin B6 is really important for, again, building those neurotransmitters. Zinc is also really important um and again zinc zinc is something that um, a lot of people are deficient in as well for that same reason and it's it's actually really important it's involved in over 300 chemical reactions in the body uh and so we need to make sure we're getting enough zinc every day as well so that'd be the probably the key ones that a lot of people need support with. Yeah. And I definitely agree with that. And just to kind of elaborate more on what you're saying and just a reminder for our listeners is we can get magnesium, tryptophan, B vitamins and zinc from our foods, but our foods are so depleted in so many nutrients now that don't be afraid to go work with a health practitioner and find out how you can be supplementing your diet as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I would also caution people to be aware of what supplements they're taking because I know in Australia, and I'm sure it's the same in other countries, if you go into like a pharmacy and you go into the discount bin and there's all of these supplements in there and a lot of them are just awful and they're made from minerals that that they're a very cheap uh, formulation and they're not very absorbable by the body. So you need to make sure you're getting quality supplements. And yes, you may pay a little bit more for that, but that's why it's good to go to a practitioner because then they can advise you on exactly what to get and you're not wasting your money getting a whole bunch of things that are are doubling up or are actually not a good, effective, absorbable uh, form with those uh, minerals in particular. Right. That's exactly why I said make sure you're working (laughs) with a practitioner A. Yeah to make sure that you're supplementing with the correct things that your body actually needs. And then B, to be pointed into the right direction of supplements that are actually safe for you to be consuming because it's absolutely horrifying to me, like the supplements that are coming out and that are available to us that actually aren't even like passing the guidelines that, you know, like safe to consume. And it's like, how are these on the shelves? I I don't understand. So yeah, it's scary. It is a really, yeah, it's a really unregulated industry 
So, yeah, you just do need to be very, very um, aware of what you're buying and, and what you're spending your dollars on. And that's why, yeah, definitely getting professional advice about that is important because when I, when I see a patient, I'm not guessing what minerals they're deficient in. I'm observing. There's certain signs I can see in the body. There's like I do a little zinc test to see if the zinc is low. There's, there's absolutely things that, that practitioners do to assess what might be deficient. And then we do a dietary assessment as well. Say, well, I know that you're deficient in zinc because you've got very few zinc foods in the body. And if you're an athlete and you're sweating a lot, you're going to lose a lot of zinc through your sweat. So there's, you know, knowledge that we have that can help us assess deficiencies pretty effectively. Yeah. We go to school for these things for a reason, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Susie. Well, I could keep chatting with you, but we are getting to the end of today's show. And I have one more question for you that I ask all my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Oh, gosh. For me to be unbreakable is having my my physical and mental health really strong. And I do that with daily practices. To me, having uh, certain routines, which are a lot of what I've Um, talked about today make me unbreakable because I know that I'm looking after all of my resources and my strengths and that makes me really strong and unbreakable. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I really wanted to have you on today because I feel like having all of these grounding practices in place and like you said, when we're anxious, we're very in our heads and our energy is very high and that can that can be when we're thrown off course or off balance right so it's so key to have these grounding unbreakable practices within our lives yeah awesome yes absolutely Meg absolutely so Susie where can people find you and start following you and continue to learn from you yeah, well, I have my website is susiegarden.com. Uh, that's S-U-S-I-E and garden like, you know, roses. Uh, and that's where there's information about how to work with me. I also have launched a Facebook group called the Wellness Glow Solutions for Stress, Fatigue and Anxiety. And that's where I'm spending a lot of time at the moment as well. And I've, I've developed this group just to provide advice and community and support because it's just such a big issue, the stress and fatigue and anxiety in um, women in particular. And so I really wanted to provide a nice safe space for people to gather and, and share and for me to provide, like I'm doing a free yoga class tomorrow, um, but just do all kinds of things in the group, which is really fun. So that would probably be the main place to find me right now. Awesome. And I will have all of that linked up in our show notes. Thanks for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure, Meg. I've loved being here. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. 